Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. Today, I'm super excited. I have a great friend, and I know she's going to touch your heart. Cynthia Cavanaugh, thanks for being with us today. I'm so happy to be here, Rosalinda. So great. Thank you for inviting me. She wrote a book that is transforming the hearts of everybody, but specifically people that are leaders, people that serve, that maybe have gone through a challenge and have to, um, I would say, pick ourselves back up and prepare ourselves and position ourselves to be used from God. And Cynthia, um, I got to meet you a few years back at a Christian Writers event. And you stole my heart as a friend, and we've had a lot of fun together. But I want to share with the audience that's listening a couple things about you. For decades, Cynthia's transparency, humor, and faithful commitment to God's Word is inspiring her audiences worldwide to flourish with their own remarkable influence. Like most people, she has shared ups and downs. I love that you do this in this book about her journey. And one thing that Cynthia does is she speaks really candidly. I like that because sometimes we skirt around the topic. Cynthia believes no pain goes to waste. And in dark seasons, she has found her strength in the promise of the Lord. And you've learned how to weather the storm, Cynthia. Yes, I've learned that the hard way many times, fighting, kicking and screaming at times. But Hopefully, I've learned some things through the storms. So how long have you been in ministry? Well, since I was in my early 20s, so it's about four decades now, quite a few years. So you're qualified. You're qualified for this conversation. Well, I hope so. (laughs) so. (laughs) How did you know you had a calling to work in the ministry or serve the Lord? You know, that's a great question. And I I think it happens differently for everybody. But for me personally, I was suffering uh, for Jesus on the beaches of Hawaii in between (laughs) my junior and senior year of high school. I went on a, a mission trip. I served with a mission over there. And it was there very specifically. I was on the beach leading worship. And afterwards, I just really felt like God whispered into my heart, you know, this is your future. This is your future that, um, not necessarily the beaches of Hawaii, but, <laughs> but the future was, this is the, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to serve, serve me for the rest of your life is to be in full-time ministry. So I got a little bit of taste of everything that summer, um, serving in Hawaii from serving downtown where, uh, the marginalized were to working in a little bit, serving, a. Uh, encouraging um, older people in a nursing home to having one-on-one kind of crisis calls online to leading worship on the beaches and just kind of doing whatever they needed. And so, yeah, it was there that God spoke to my heart that if you surrender, I would love for you to serve me in full-time ministry. So I didn't know what that was going to look like, but actually because I was a musician and as a young musician, you know, the dreams of wanting to be a recording artist and all of that. So that's kind of where I thought God might be leading me. But then I, uh, I met my husband on the beach in San Diego. 
and he was actually trying to uh, win me to Jesus. That's what the college group did. <laughs> they would comb the beaches and have conversations with people. And yeah, that's where I met him. And, and he was headed into being a pastor. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. That's, I, we call it mission dating. Yeah, so, mission dating. So you, you guys come into the ministry. So you're young, married, and you're serving in the ministry. And you guys, now where are you guys based? Currently, our church is in Canada. We live right on the border. Like we're seven minutes from the border. So we actually lived where our church is for about 12 years. And then we moved, we live in Washington State right now. So we, we do that commute. We have kind of one foot in each country. Cynthia, you actually have several books, um, but I know your latest one is called Anchor. You know, I, I love it. I remember you telling me about this book. In fact, I had you here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, yes. Phenomenal women speaker for conferences. If you're listening and you need somebody, you got to have her. It touched hearts. But Oh, it was so much fun in Richmond. I just loved being at your women's event. And the women were just so responsive. And it was just such an honor and a privilege to to be there and share my story. You know, kind of lead us through that path to where you came out with this book, Anchor. You know, you don't plan for these kinds of things in your life. You just, you don't plan for storms. You know, it's kind of like in Mark chapter four, where, where the disciples followed Jesus into the boat. They had no idea a storm was coming up on the lake. And it's the same in, or in the sea. It's the same as with us. We have no idea that we might be headed into a storm. Well, it was a pr pretty big storm 12 years ago. In the first chapter of the book, I call it the perfect storm where three things merged in our lives together. And uh, we'd been married for several years at that point and, you know, pretty much um, enmeshed in ministry. So we didn't really know who we were as a couple and we didn't really pay attention to some of those red flags through the year. So that was one part of the storm. Then our kids were leaving home and also, uh, we were both on a fast track. God was opening doors exponentially for us. I got my first book contract. Um, I was traveling across um, the U.S. and Canada, speaking at women's events. And, you know, it was kind of those three, three things that kind of converged together and created these things in our marriage that just bubbled up to the surface that said, you know, you need to pay attention to this. And... And so anyway, it just kind of blew up. Our life just blew up. It just, it just unraveled. And so that actually led to, you know, walking through healing, lots of counseling. We actually separated for a short season and just to get our lives back on track, knowing that we as pastors could not help other people if our life was such a mess ourselves, right? Like we had to step off the platform for a little bit and to be able to get the healing that we needed. So that's kind of how the book was born. I learned so much during that time. I learned, of course, so much about my myself and the way I relate. I will do anything possible to make sure everybody's happy, which is not necessarily healthy. Mm -hmm. And so learning a lot during that time made me realize like, okay, I know I'm not the only one. So where do leaders go when they, when they struggle, when they need help? And but there's crises that happen in church, like with teams or with other relationships. And so how do we stay anchored during that time? And what do we do? So that's kind of was the motivation for writing the book was centering it in the beginning on our story and then launching for that of other things that we as leaders experience 
when we're in ministry. When I met you, the transparency of the book, I knew that this was going to touch the hearts of so many people that are in a position that they have no one to talk to uh, about what's going on. And you know my husband, my husband and I serve yes. in ministry, and uh, we have a church here in Richmond, Virginia. We actually celebrate 25 years of marriage. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, in our own marriage and that fourth year, it just exploded on all different levels. You know, a lot of people think it's always got to be the big mess ups, but sometimes it's just your attention. So driven in different areas yeah. can come apart. And that that's what was happening. It was an affair of time an affair of attention. Mm and business and finances and running the ministry and do and we were just going in so many different directions that I found myself putting my kids in a car and I took off one day to Myrtle Beach and I'll never forget it. I was like, I just got to break away. I got to go away. My dear young sister went with me and I was at the point where in my mind, I thought um, that that divorce was going to be eminent yeah. and that was the only way I could go. And, you know, the Lord brought healing and we share this, you know, as pastors now and we share it with other people, just like you're doing through the book Anchored, because the Lord restored our relationship. And, you know, that takes a little while, but, you know, we have yes. come together and, and we're serving. But I know today there's women uh, and men, both on both sides, probably listening. How did you, uh, where did you go for help? Who did you you know, how could you share with somebody or where did you feel comfortable and confident um, that you could go for help? You know, that's a great question, Rosalinda, because when you are in ministry and you are the pastors, you're the ones that people are coming to for help. And it's not that you feel that you're above help, but it's, it's again, like, where do you go that's safe? You can have friends in the church and relationships and be real and authentic, but when you really need that professional help, and that's what we needed, we definitely need that because we just couldn't unpack it ourselves. We tried, we read books, we did, and we just would come to loggerheads every single time. And I think I actually, and this is, I mean, I don't always recommend this, but I think I just Googled, Googled Christian counseling centers. And then I asked a, a friend of mine that was outside of our church, you know, did they know of anybody? And they confirmed the same place that, that I found. So that's where I went. I mean, I didn't really know these people. I knew they had a good reputation, but I just knew that, that I needed some help. And so that's kind of what I did. Um, and, it, and I hate to think that people have to Google for help, right? Like, <laughs> Christian counseling for pastors, you know, it's something that it's a tool that's available to us. But if you have people outside of the church, trusted friends or ministry leaders that you can actually ask, I think that's really helpful. And it's okay to ask. It's okay to ask for help. I'm going to be honest. I, I am the Google queen. I look on Google for everything. And I've looked up that thing. There's been times in my own life where I feel like I just need somebody to hear somebody to listen. And I really don't even want them to be local because we're well known in our city, you know, right. and there are wonderful Christian counselors that are out there. You know, if you're listening today, don't stay trapped in your situation because the longer you stay trapped, I mean, there's ministers that turn to addiction. Uh, we've seen suicide in the last few yes. years. Um, there's loneliness, there's depression. And I want to encourage you to 
today if you're listening that look I, I have this visual that when when Jesus went to the cross and they put that crown of thorns upon mm. his head and he went through that pain and that pressure I believe that's that's healing in our mind and our emotions yes and that yes. he did that for us so you know what Cynthia you know encouraging them to find counseling is so great because what's gonna happen if they don't find that counseling well, you're just going to keep in your misery. And for us, it took a long time to get to that place. I wanted us to go together, but my husband wasn't ready to go. He was really busy. I mean, we were both busy. And, you know, sometimes it it's, can be a shame thing for pastors, right? Like I'm supposed to help everybody else and I can't fix my own problems. We, we need to humble ourselves and just know that we're, we don't have the answer for everything and we're too close to the situation. So this is kind of the illustration that I used. It was like, literally, we were like in the intensive care unit. That's how bad off we were. We were bleeding. Our, our, our vitals were so low in our marriage. And no matter what, you know, a little pill here or there wasn't going to change anything. We needed skilled professional help, people that know uh, that weren't so close to us either that could remove themselves emotionally and actually attack the issue and the problem um, head on. Right. And so I would say, if you don't do that, you're just subjecting your life to keep going on, getting up on Sunday morning, putting on your face and it says everything's okay, but inside you're dying inside. I mean, I can remember before I actually went to counseling worried because I was under so much stress because of the stress of our relationship. And I, this is what scared me about myself. I had visions of standing up in front and just screaming and saying, you know, just losing it, totally having a meltdown in front of the whole congregation, you know, and pointing at my husband saying, fraud, fraud, we're a fraud, we're fraudsters. You know, this is, we're not who we say we are, you know, just totally kind of being a crazy woman. And so that kind of scared me, you know, because, I was such on the edge that I knew that if I didn't get help, that maybe that would happen. You know, I would actually lose it. And of course that wouldn't have been very helpful, but so, yeah. It would have made for a good, interesting chapter in the book, but you know, yes. whoever's listening, I just, I just know that God has the right people listening today that are going through this. I'm somebody, I mean, as a child, I grew up in ministry. We were in front of the camera a lot. I traveled with my dad all over the world. I basically say you have to be on all the time, you know, and yes. we actually train ourselves not to allow ourselves to realize that we are having a down day, that it's okay to separate. And the older I've gotten and the more I've been in ministry, I've had to practice those moments where to say, you know what, today's not the day. I'm going to go home or today I can't pour into you because I'm on empty yeah. and making that time. Look, if you're in ministry and you're listening today and maybe you're preparing a, a sermon or maybe you're preparing a Bible study, don't consider just that time as your private time with the Lord. You have to have separated time to hear the voice of Christ. And that is going to refresh you, renew you. It's going to build your faith. Um, Cynthia, how do you pray for your spouse uh, when one is ready to get um, the help they need, but the other one isn't? How do you stay, you know, hopeful during a season like that? You know, it's interesting you say that because I just had someone private message me that same exact question. And, you know, you can't make someone go to counseling. 
and you, well, you can't make anybody do anything really. And so we just have to worry about ourselves. And, and I just, I just, you know, I just think praying that God would change their heart and knowing that, you know, not waiting for your spouse to go with you, that go yourself. If you know, that's what you need and you know that that's what you need for support that just to go yourself because one of the things i think it's so important like proverbs says we're to guard our heart because out of it comes one translation says the issues of life or it determines our mm-hmm. our path and and i think the mistake that we make as ministry leaders sometimes is we don't pay attention to what's going on in our heart and and that's so important because that's where God speaks to us, right? So if we're just like, la, 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 everything's beautiful, everything's fine, all things work together, you know, that kind of thing, then um, it's going to be really hard. And so again, you know, you can't make someone see those things. So you just have to continue to pray. And I remember the prayer that I, I prayed the most was I, I prayed for truth. I, because it was so foggy, it was so complicated. And this just didn't involve my husband and I. It turned into, and it seeped like a cancer into our, our whole church, right? Our, it was just played out in every arena. And so I, my prayer was that the truth, that God would bring the truth to the surface and that I had to trust him that he was going to speak to my husband, you know, and that I just needed to worry about myself. But that's really hard, right? Especially when you feel it's your life's calling to make everybody happy at every cost, which the counseling word is that called is called codependency, (laughs) you know, people pleasing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what I would say is that, you know, just you can't you can't be someone's Holy Spirit, you just have to ask the Holy Spirit to show you and then just ask God to give you a way, uh, a word or a phrase to pray and just pray that over and over and over again, believing that God wants what's, what's best for you. That is so good. When I sat in my driveway, I remember looking at the house and I was like, do I want to walk in? And it was actually on a Sunday because he had stopped coming to church at that time. He didn't want anything to do um, with not, he didn't turn his back on the Lord, but the situation was so different. Yeah, sure. Enjoyable. And I remember sitting in the car, Cynthia, and um, a lot of times we can pray for them, you know, God fix their problems, fix their problems, if they would only change in this. And the Lord, you know, I just felt from the Lord, like, I am not his savior. That's right. Yeah. Savior. And so that day I sat in the car and I just kind of like lifted my hands and just, you know, as a sign of kind of like, I'm releasing him to you and I'm going to take my children to church. I'm going to go, even if I cry my head off the whole time sitting in the church, you know, because I'm broken and I'm hurting right now. One night I remember going to my mom and dad's house and just screaming out and just I mean, it was raining. The neighbor probably was going to call the cops because I was so ridiculous. But I was just like, I can't pray anymore. You pray for him. But what it was, I think, too, is when I was trying to fix him, the Lord was trying to show things to me in my own life. One of them was codependency. I didn't realize that that was an issue in my life. And so the Lord began to make me stronger and stronger to be, um, you know, a little more independent and to realize I have my own calling and I have my own purpose and that I need to release my husband into God's hands. And that was the beginning of the healing for me is when I, just like you, was like, you know, I have to come before the Lord. And if I need to go to counseling by myself, that's what I'm going to do. 
And you guys that are listening today, you know, this is, don't think it's such an uncommon issue. No, it's, it's not. It's an issue that the church <laughs> yes. doesn't want to talk about these things. But my passion, and I know Cynthia's is, is that you can find the healing that we both experienced. You know, it's not like our life is over. I felt like my life was over because I had to step away. Uh, we were, like I said, we were in the intensive care unit and I, I really had a hard, difficult time functioning. And I really felt like that it really, that I wouldn't be, have a platform anymore. I wouldn't be speaking and that I was just going to kind of go off into the last, you know, decades of my life and just be a good mom and, you know, be a good Nana to my grandkids and be a good neighbor and, you know, do little things at church and that, that that time was over. And, and I was really at the bottom, but you know, God just, he, he just, you know, he just redeemed all, all of that. He, he really did. And my husband said, I mean, he, he actually said to me, you will never write about this. You will never write about this. And I just, I didn't say this, but inside I'm, I'm thinking, well, we'll just see about that. We'll just see what God does about that. Right. And I had to lay it down too. Like maybe it wasn't right to write about it, but I just felt so passionate about it. And then, you know, uh, um, a year or so went by and God totally changed his heart. And he, he encouraged me to write about it. He read every single word, the book, as I was reading, writing it, wow. he would say, Re read me today's chapter you know, and he signed off on every single word. Of course, the publisher said, you know, your husband needs to sign off on this. The leadership of the church needs to sign off on this. And he signed off on every word, right? Because this is, this is our story. This is our story. And we want to bring hope and healing to, you know, other influencers, other ministry couples. And, you know, one of the things I would say too, is, is just, how God developed that in what he taught me in that greatest time was as, as I moved back into ministry was that I learned that God is enough, that he has to be enough for me because I realized even during the hardest moment, my husband, I'm not responsible for my husband. I have to work on myself and God has to be enough for me. He has to be enough for every area of my life. And the, my greatest sin in, you know, decades of our marriage really was I, I put Kevin on a pedestal. I made him an idol. And so I set him up for failure. I really did with my thinking. And so when he didn't, you know, adapt to what I thought and how it should change, right? Like, well, I helped create that problem because I didn't live like God was enough for me. I made my husband a big part of that. And like you said, you know, realizing you had your own calling to be independent and, and all of that. And so it took a lot of years to unstick that, so to speak, you know, get the Velcro apart from seeing us both as separate individuals, but together as a married couple. So we weren't so enmeshed in ministry together, right? That it was a detriment to our marriage. So, you know, I'm listening to this and I got to take a minute and praise our husbands both of them with the Lord, serving the Lord. And you're right. Sometimes people have a tendency and they put these, you know, our pastors, like if they're God 
And then yes. if they have a bad day or if they have any kind of failure, then it's like the judgment of the world comes on them instead of restoring them and strengthening them and empowering them and praying for them. And yeah. so I've had the joy to see not only our relationship come back together, but 20 more years of ministry um, aside from that. And when I look at my husband, Cynthia, I look at him with these eyes of love, but also of an appreciation that, wow, we came out of that and look at how God is using him today. And it's still a walk, you know, don't yes. think like it's an instant and oh, no. <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. You know, you have to work at your mirror. In our case, we had, you know, decades of unraveling, you know, dysfunction, and it doesn't change overnight. And in the book, I even say, are we living happily ever after? No, we're both faithfully serving Jesus and working, continuing to work out our relationship. And, and that's just the reality of it, right? You don't take 25 or 30 years of dysfunction and it doesn't get fixed overnight. You just keep working at it and being faithful and trying to believe the best in each other. And with that, I want you to hear this. If you're listening today is that the beauty of having the Lord in your relationship, there's a third person. And so yes. just me and my husband, whew, we would have walked away. But when we have to answer to God, when we know that God is looking at us and he wants to embrace us, he wants to give you the grace to make it through. He will lift you up out of a pit. He'll put your feet back on solid rock. He can heal your marriage. He can heal your yes. heart, but you got to turn to Jesus. And so we want to bring this podcast, you know, in a conclusion, if, if you're looking for a resource, Cynthia, your book is the the best. I remember getting on a plane after that book um, writers convention. And I had a whole bunch, but I spinned through your book and I was kind of looking at it and highlighting some things. And I said, what a great tool to empower, not just in a marriage. I know we talked about marriage, but this is yes. kind of anybody that goes through something um, because we will go through storms as leaders. Right. You will, if you are on the front lines for Jesus, get ready. Um, you're going to go through some storms, but we don't have to lose our footings. We can be anchored. So I definitely recommend your book, but I want to do this, Cynthia, can you pray for anybody sure. who's listening and going, maybe they're feeling encouraged right now because They've been so discouraged by the current situation. And let's just believe that God will bring them some hope. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. So Jesus, we, I thank you, God, that you are our anchor in a storm, that you are a rock, that you are a shelter, that you are a place of refuge, God. And you really just call us to listen to you and listen to your Holy Spirit. So I pray for anyone out there, God, that is just so discouraged right now uh, in ministry, in a relationship, it may be in a team or someone they're serving with. And it just seems, Lord, that there is just, they feel hopeless. So I just pray, God, that you would breathe hope into their spirit. I pray, God, as they spend time with you, that you would encourage them, you would equip them through your word. I, I pray you would surprise them, God, bring them someone into their life today, tomorrow, the next day, who could speak words of truth over them. And maybe may they hear those words of truth. And I pray that, again, that you would protect them as well from any thoughts or um, lies that would come against them and, and so that they wouldn't believe God, that you are for them, that you are for them, that you are pleased with them, that you love them, that you have called them 
to this task. It is no accident that they are in ministry and they're an influencer. So I pray that you would encourage their heart and we just believe for them and ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've enjoyed this so much, Cynthia. I know listeners have enjoyed it. If you need help finding resources, make sure you reach out to us. Our ministry is committed. We will connect you with a a network of Christian counselors that can walk you through this situation. Don't forget when you put your trust in God, he will fuel your faith. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, make sure you click below and join us as we grow in God's word. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.